Here we are once again. We find ourselves washed along the shore of Lake Holly, blanketed by the darkness of night, punctuated by stars darker still. We crawl across the sand toward any spark of light we might see, unaware of the trap it might be. Our winding road comes to an end, as the canopy of a Louisiana swamp welcomes us with open arms. This is it. A warning up front. This episode gets a bit intense, so listener discretion is advised. This scenario was a joy to play in as much as the dread and sorrow it created in our hearts to live through the stories that we tell, the fiction that we create, together. It wouldn't be possible without any of you. So, thank you. As our third story comes to a close once again, we are so grateful that we have such amazing people listening to our tales, helping lend their voices and talents, and fueling our determination to go on, and the nightmares we all share. Please enjoy Static. Episode 15, Elysian Wells. We'll see you at the curtain call. Well, they're mostly clean, but they're coming after me. I don't know who they are. But you got to take this along. Implications. Today is the day that we finish your story, Jacob. Good. I have to admit that I'm deeply torn about this. There is a conflict within me. The rational man versus the explorer. I think there is part of all of us that is deeply curious, unsettled by the world that we settle in. Something inside us that whispers that this world is a lie. The world we live in is filled with horrible shit, Dr. D. Uh, Most folks, thankfully, never have to experience it. Um, People like my agents, they wade waist deep into some of the uh, worst possible situations known to mankind. And this creature that you described attacking their van. Do you believe that such things really exist? That thing ain't even close to the scariest thing they encountered. Real monsters ain't nothing compared to the horrors that humans inflict on each other. And today I suspect you're going to tell me some of the worst of it. Maybe I will. And then what happens? In my story? Well, um, it ends. It just Fucking ends. All stories do. But you go on, Jacob. And we are no closer than we were at the very beginning to finding out the reason why you checked yourself in here. You, Jacob, are no closer to escaping this facility and returning to the other world. Is that something that you want, Jacob? Do you still want to get out? What kind of stupid question is that? Consider the possibility that you belong here, Jacob. Um, I I don't even know how to respond to that. I have yet to uncover the mystery behind your facade. I know I must go deeper. My dreams are filled with metaphors. I search with no end. I explore with no end. There are so many doors, I stopped counting them. But each door reveals new truths. The truth is like that, Jacob. It is so many things. So many things can be true. Next you're going to tell me to unmask, aren't you? Perhaps. Perhaps the world itself is indeed about to begin again. How strange. Ah, shit. You, sir, should unmask. Indeed. Indeed, it's time. We have all laid aside disguise, but you. Listen, Dr. Dallin. 
I ain't wearing no mask. No mask? No mask. God damn it. Um, is that what this is? I'm the phantom of truth. I invite myself into your facility. A total mystery to you all. No records, no diagnosis, no referring doctor. I sit with you and I tell you the truth. It's just the truth. It ain't some weapon of war. Jacob, when you look out beyond my office, beyond the microphone, beyond the script on your computer screen, and the audience, wrapped in wonder, awaiting the end of your story, why do you choose to end it like this? So they might know the joy of the author's intent. And that is? Uh, You can try to hide your faces. Conceal the truth. It matters not what we do. The king sees. He knows. And his work, well, it cannot be avoided or escaped. My agents did their very best, you see. Yet, here we are. My story being shared to everyone. And death ain't even an escape. Lo, I reversed the arc. The arrow pulls back in time from your death, knocked once more in the taut string which men call hate. Is this the end? Of sorts. A story that contains multitudes. All who have died, who will die. All who live, and who yet shall live. All of them upon this stage with us, forever. They tell me all your stories All the little worries you cried They tell me what the world needs What to say, who to please Where my loyalty should lie scene outside our road, a long abandoned road somewhere deep in the south of Louisiana uh, where we've just stopped the van and the, the, the dust and the, the steam and the, uh, this kind of the smoke around the van billows as you look over. There's three parked cars along the side of this two-lane road here in the swamps and it's a sign, an old sign you found, Dorothy. This is Welcome to Elysian Wells. Uh, somewhere above you, that thing has flown up and is circling again. It, it is not dead. It is not gone. And what it means, what it wants, 
uh, you can only fathom. Uh, you're in your van. You've made it to this location, but you've got some problems. Yeah, I'll say. So I'll, t- I'll turn it back to you as you determine how you want to deal with the situation. So as Dorothy brings it to a stop, she says, uh, she looks in the back. She's like, uh, we're here, <laughs> but I think we should stay in the van. Yep. Are there any buildings around? So as you look, um, give me an alertness roll, Dorothy. Uh, no, 68. Roll your unnatural. Oh. That's a better roll. Well, if you insist. No, 36. Okay. Also, Fred and Willow. Yes, and also roll your alertness. And while Dorothy was doing all of this driving and shit, I would be fishing another Altoid out of my ten. It's time. Definitely time. I failed alertness yet again. I don't know that I've ever succeeded in an alertness roll. Yep. Me too, failure. Oh, I, I keep forgetting to mark stuff I off. I marked that one off religiously. I'm at 35. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. Right. So what you see is just what your headlights illuminate. That's all you can see so far. The road ahead of you, these parked vehicles, the sign... The swamp trees, the distant road, the sky above you, the, the stars, and the clouds, and that's it. Everything else is darkness around your vehicle. Uh, you don't know. I mean, beyond the swamp trees, maybe there's just buildings right there, but you can't tell. You won't know unless you actually okay. step outside the van. Are we fully stopped? You are. Next to these three cars. So I'd be look, I'd be over the back of the seat, getting one of my rifles, and getting that ready. Yeah, that's what I'd be working on, and then getting ready to get out because like, it's kind of scary to be in the van right now, but it's also not smart to be out outside the van. Hmm. So Willow, there's a bunch of bullet holes in the roof of this van. Yeah, can I look through them? Yeah, you can look through them, but you also see these kind of tear marks as well, hmm. and different portions of the of the roof, mostly near the edges. On the outside of the van, these kind of, these, like, like a can opener has ripped into the roof of the van, is what you're seeing up here. Uh, and so you can almost make out the, the stars in the sky and bits of clouds and, and moonlight through all this, the holes and debris and, and, and wreckage that is the roof of your van. Anything you want to do, Fred or, or Dorothy? I think Fred would say, whatever the, the fuck that thing is it's fast it, it, it caught up to us three times do, do we just get out and make a stand uh I I don't know I, I feel like we're safer in the van mm. but I don't know what that was <clears throat> I was it was it the thing in in the motel back in Carlos she's asking Willow mostly but both of you guys uh, what thing? nobody nobody saw it if I remember correctly, we didn't see right? it yeah on purpose. And Fred Fred was in a fugue state at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Willow, I'll let you roll your unnatural. Maybe you have a better sense of, of at this point of what was in that hotel room. On um, 47 over 10, so not yeah, so much. Still not there. Still, It's still not sure. As everyone waits and you still, you hear faint drifting sounds. Uh, you know, the, the, the uh, flapping, tattering sound f- flying above you, flittering above you, circling. You watch, everyone watches anxiously at the windows, just keeping an eye out. Where is the thing? Where is the thing? And Dorothy, you're the first to spot not the creature, but a boy. From between two of the vehicles that are parked, a boy 
teenager looks like, but a little smaller. So maybe like kind of a smaller, like a, like a smaller teenager, you know, 14, 15 year old size. But he steps out. He is wearing a carnival mask over his face. And it looks like a cherub. It's got a nice kind of warm, like, a, like a, a child face mask. He's got a little bit of a jester cap on his face, on his hat, you know, like a clown's cap. And it's this neat little, um, a, a kind of a cute little courtly outfit that he's wearing below that, like a costume. He's wearing a costume. And he steps out between two of the vehicles, peers at your car, like a curious look on the blank masked face. The, the cherub face, the, the child face. And he begins to walk towards the van. Dorothy will point him out and say, there's there's someone here. He's wearing a mask. Open the side door of the van, put one foot out, and name the rifle at the boy. All right, so you do so. As he moves a little bit closer, you see him wave in the headlights. He's standing in front of the van. He waves to the van like a slow wave and, and basically says, Where are your masks? In sort of a childlike voice. Put your put your fucking hands behind your back now. Alright. So he he takes his hands and puts them behind his back and he kind of shifts dance shift to the right, shift to the left, like a little jig that he does. And that that cherub face smiles back at you that he's wearing. And you hear his voice say, You have to have a mask, or else you won't be able to attend the party. Can I roll sand? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to follow you there. 91. Hmm. Let's see what Fred does. Oh, 31. That's a success. All right, so for Fred, it's no steady loss. Dorothy, uh, D4. Ooh. Oh, wow. Okay. Do you want to roll it or you want me to roll it? No, I'll, g- I'll give it a shot. A three. Oof. Okay. Slowly dwindling. I just hit... My oh no! I actually hit my breaking point the last time I lost sand. I hit it exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm 56. So you've you've crossed it, right? Yep, I just crossed it. Yeah. Okay. And is this the roll that made you cross it? No, my previous roll got me exactly to 56. Right. Was that when you saw the the creature or what? What was that? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. So we'll we'll tie in the uh, the next disorder. Disorder. That's the word. To that to that unnatural sighting. Okay. Cool. So, but Dorothy, uh, you've obviously reset your breaking point. This would be... I think this is, this is unnatural. Yeah. This is an unnatural loss. This this is? Yeah, with the, yeah I guess that makes sense. So the boy yeah. jigs to the left and jigs to the right slightly, his hands behind his back. Is he still walking towards us? No, but he's not coming any closer. He just kind of dance, 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 dance to the right. Wonderful cherubic smile on his face. The ever-present smiling mask face. I would ask him what party then. Like, if he's not approaching. His mother is throwing a party. His mother is throwing a party. He's like, mother, the queen. I don't move. I'm still aiming the rifle. I'm kind of waiting for... What's what's your name? He's, he kind of points up. He says, is he, he won't let you come unless you've worn a mask and you're dressed for the party. The, the bat thing? He, he nods a bit. The, 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 you see the masked face nodding up and down. What's your name? I'm, I'm the child. I, do you have spare masks for us? Oh, we have many masks inside. If, um, do you need a mask? I can get you a mask. No. It Will sounds like we no. do. 
Fred goes back and, and puts on a gas mask. Same. Okay. And Dorothy, what do you want to do? Do you want a gas mask or we, something I seen, else? Seeing that, yeah, I think she'll try to throw on a gas mask. Excellent. All right, so what we do then is we grab three gas masks from the back. Mm-hmm. All right, and each of you fit those things over your faces. These old kind of, you know, World War II Korean era gas masks, essentially. And they're, they're, the rubber is tight and taut on these. It, it, it takes a moment to kind of really... doesn't want to fit initially. You have to go squeeze it onto your face, tighten it up the back. Um, the breathing apparatus echoes inside the mask as you take breaths, careful breaths. And your, your field of vision is somewhat narrowed by the two lenses on the front of this mask. Your hearing is still fairly good. Not as good as we'd be without a mask, but fairly good. And you see the the child do his jig to the left and his jig to the right and kind of pirouette a little bit around uh, and just he's just having a little a cute little dance to no music on the road in front of you whatever that thing was in the sky you don't hear it and you don't see it but you just hear the sounds of your own breath echoing in the gas masks how's this does this count you see him nod that masked head up and down, up and down slowly. And Dorothy will say quietly, I think we go armed and clear the place out. Do you really think that's going to do something? It, it was fucking controlling or, or calling that thing. I, I don't know. Um, I don't hear it anymore. He said a mask would protect us. We got masks. What's going to protect us from him? That's... How is that not Guns? just as creepy as the bat thing? Oh, it's all creepy. Whatever I do, I'm not gonna. I'm not leaving out there just guns blazing. At that point, I'm just gonna shoot myself in the face. Okay, new plan. Hear me out. We leave, and we tell Morrison to bomb the place. <laughs> bomb the place? No, no, no. If we're gonna go to the heart of this thing, let's just play along. No. Okay. Willow might have access to bombing-type personnel if we could get to a phone. Good luck. There's rules for that, and it's really hard. Air Force captain? What, you mean like mechanical rules in Delta Green? Yeah. Oh. That's a major oh, expense. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> You're saying we can't just casually carpet bomb a, a town in Louisiana? Yep, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Damn. And also, um, will the town be there when you casually carpet bomb it? <sighs> Yep. That's a good point. Is he even fucking there now? Fred, Fred steps out. He's just like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's. We're here. So Fred, you step out. You, you, you're there. You've got your shotgun. You've got your gas mask on. He, he's aiming it at, at 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 the child. Yeah, and the headlights are like spotlights, illuminating this child actor on the stage before you. Mm. And he da- jigs to the right, and he jigs to the left uh, at the cherubic face, smiling at the three. Would you mind fucking? Stopping doing that stupid dance. He gives an over-exaggerated, like a wave of his hand and a bow, <laughs> like a, like a thespian would, and stands up a bit. And says, "Oh, would you like to resume the play?" What? Resume? Shall we pick things up? Yeah. So Dor- Dorothy gets out and closes the driver's door. So we're all out of the van now. Doors slam, doors close, everyone is masked, everyone is armed, everyone stands there in the front. And the, uh, the, for our purposes, the, the uh, headlights remain on the van, illuminating the child actor on the road before you. 
as he bows politely to the three of you once again and explains to you, he says, you can call me the prototoph. In my role is this, to tell you that it's not too late to close the book or to quit the theater. You already thought that you should have done so earlier. Oh, but you stayed. How harmless is it? I mean, no definite principles are involved, no doctrines promulgated in these pristine pages, no convictions outraged. But the blow has fallen, as he points to the sky, and now it is too late. And I shall tell you where the sin lies. It's yours. You listened to us. And all the same, you stay to see the sign. Now you're ours. Or, or since the runes also run backwards, we are yours forever. And he bows on the road before you. Shall we continue? Fred isn't aiming his shotgun anymore. Yeah, Willow kind of shoulders hers and walks, just looks at the other ones like, what the fuck are we doing? I think Dorothy's speechless. Yep. So he, uh, he waves a bit. He turns sideways. Um, moving stage left on the street before you. Basically moving, 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 and then exiting the stage, moving between two cars, between the hood and the truck of two cars. You see him walk between the cars and walk into the, the swamp trees to your right. Okay, I guess we follow him, right? Whose cars are those? I, I don't know. Maybe Franklin? It's possible. Um, yeah, I mean, what else can we do? Let's, let's follow and, um, you know, get a grip on this place and, and, and stop whatever's going on. Stop that party, right? I have a really bad feeling about this. Real bad. Kind of gestures wildly at the dark woods in the middle of Louisiana and fucking, yeah, everything. Willow would go over and start checking out the car, though. Like, she would just at least walk past the cars. And kind of look inside. So what you're throwing are, are three fairly modern cars. Uh, there's like a station wagon. There's like a, a Toyota. And there's like another, uh, probably another GMC, but it's like a, a Buick or something. Like another, These look like kind of generic family cars. Nothing fancy. Nothing outdated. Everything early 90s, fairly modern vehicles. Louisiana plates. You know, and they, they look like... Um, they're not covered in dirt or soot or mud like they've been here a long time. They're fairly recently, maybe a few days, they've been parked here. All parked along the outside, along the edge of the street. Yeah, I guess let's go. We'll follow the child. And so you go. You, you exit between these vehicles into the trees. And as you, as you walk, um, the, the landscape dips slightly um, from the, the solidness of the road to this kind of moist wet, spongy, you know, surface. Uh, what you see around you are the swamp trees. Uh, very familiar here in New Orleans. And what you also notice about these trees, of course, is that there's a water, there's marks where the water level usually is. There's like a kind of a ring on the trees. And that's that's several feet above where you're standing. Like the water has receded. And you're walking in this marshy, swampy area, but it's not underwater. You're, you're, you know, you're walking further out. You see the remnants of a stone path covered in, in mossy, grassy mush, you know, that was at some point below the water level. And it's all these large swampy trees and vines hanging down on both sides of you. 
Uh, as you look ahead of you from time to time, you catch glimpses in the distance of, um, of old buildings. It looks, they look like stone structures, not like wooden structures, like stone walls, maybe a, a small tower, maybe something with a dome or an archway off in the distance, maybe something um, with like a little parapet or something that doesn't quite necessarily fit the, the ramshackle structures that you would usually see in Louisiana, but off in the distance, kind of further away from your trail as you're moving. And as you follow this path between the rows of trees, the swamp trees, going deeper and deeper, the trees finally give way to an area in front of you. What you see before you is, um, well, it's, there's a lake here, here in the middle of the swamp. And the path goes in both directions around the lake. And now all around the lake are, are other structures and buildings. Um, and these look a little bit more modern-ish, like wooden structures or uh, maybe concrete. But everything around this lake is kind of leaning slightly into the muck and the mud. Like uh, it's drifted and the waters have kind of pulled it down. And it's just kind of at a slight angle. Everything here, the foundations have rotted and withered away. And these old buildings are covered in muck and mud and debris as they kind of circle this old lake in the middle of town. And you see some small telephone pole structures from time to time, or just um, broken, crooked windows, empty buildings. Um, everything here in this area around this lake, like these buildings circle the lake, they're all they're abandoned buildings. They're these decrepit, old, waterlogged, empty structures here in the midst of this swamp lake and this kind of old, forgotten community. Um, somewhere to the right path, you believe? There's two paths around this lake. A woman's voice is singing. And you can hear her singing. An odd melody that you're unfamiliar with. A nice tune. Distant. Echoing. Drifting from uh, amidst the swamp. There's still the sounds of crickets. The sounds of frogs, birds, and other swamp creatures. Um, but she's singing a, a baleful song. Somewhere around the lake. To the right. You see nothing else. Um, but let's see. Dorothy, give me an alertness roll. Okay. Uh, 42. Under 43. On top of one of the structures, these crooked, decrepit, collapsing structures on the edge of the lake, standing perfectly still, mind you, is this large mass of a creature that looks very familiar to the thing that was flying and attacking your van. It almost reminds you of a gargoyle, the way it stands there, perched up on the, the crumbling rooftop of this building. It's kind of uh, fleshy wings folded around it like a cloak. As it, as it kind of hunches on this building, maybe 200 yards away. And it, it's kind of watching over the three of you. What, what is that thing? She'll ask to the child. Where's the child? Aren't we following him? He, you, you do not see the child. Oh. He, he is not here. Okay. He, he is gone. Well, where do we go? Does the gargoyle look healthy completely like he's just chilling? He looks like, yeah, he looks still and stone-like is the best way I can describe him. Um, so he's not like he's, he's not breathing, like he's not, he's not rising and falling like you would see. Um, he's, it's obviously not bleeding. He just, he's not moving. He looks like a sentinel, mm. is what he looks like. We, um, we, do we go where, 
When you're singing? Well, you don't just tell me when to start shooting. Because this is... This is fucked up. Like, honestly, you think we got this? Like, are we getting back out of these swamps? At this point, I... I don't know. I don't know either, but that's what you signed up for. Let's... Let's go towards the city. Sure. As you continue to walk and move, um, the buildings... It's, it's hard to say. There, there are a, a, a variety of these crumbled, abandoned buildings. But at some point, you notice one that stands out more than the others. It's a little bit larger. It's a little bit more of a, a stonish structure. And there appears to be a lot of trees in front of it. Like maybe at one point, uh, this place meant something to the city. It's got that sort of town center park look like, obviously, before it was sunken and buried beneath the water. And you see... um you can barely see. They, um, no one's got a flashlight, I'm assuming, unless you guys change your mind. Nobody has told me you're, you're lighting up. Oh, I mean, if we're going in the dark, I, I assumed we would have grabbed some because we're getting our masks and stuff. At this point, it's this starlight and the half moon. I mean, I have a flashlight. I'm, I'm not using it. I'm, mm-hmm. Fred's too fucking terrified to use it. <laughs> Dorothy, do you want to light up or you want to keep it keep it low-key here? Uh, I guess I'll wait. Okay. So, um... You, you make out the source of the singing. It, it is a female voice, and you see uh, what looks like a, a girl or a woman fluttering, drifting between these old trees, these old waterlogged swamp trees in the front area of this larger downtown collapsed building. All right, And she's basically singing this song. You can make out some of the lyrics, uh, which... Um, which I'll share for you, of course. As as he uh, as you approach, she talks about uh, the song of of my soul. My voice is dead. Die thou unsung, as tears unshed shall dry and die in lost Carcosa. And she pirouettes about, and and she has this kind of flowy white dress. Actually, it looks like a light blue. Like you know, like like a robin's egg or something. It's a, a nice princessy sort of dress she's wearing as she flutters about, singing this song here amidst these trees. Doesn't seem to notice the three of you approach or even care that you're here. She seems to be caught up in her revelry. That's it. That's like I want to. I don't know. I would roll awareness in D and D. Like that's the only thing going on. Go for it. Give me an alertness roll. Ooh, twelve. Under 35. So Willow, she's there, she's singing, but you, you you have a sense as you look about that there's actually others watching you. That it's not just her. Others are watching you or maybe even watching her, but you don't quite know where they're coming from. As you look around Willow, in some of these old buildings, some of these ruined buildings, you get a sense that there's someone or something there. Like there are there are eyes in the darkness. Mm. I wouldn't say anything, but I would like gesture to Fred and point at the buildings and stuff, like marking that there's probably something there. Yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna turn around and look. Yeah. So Fred, roll your alertness as well. Nope, ninety five. Yeah, you can't make out anybody. It looks like a, a abandoned, ruined buildings here in this small town square. I I, I can't see anyone. There's other people? Yeah. Where, where did that f- stupid fucking jester go? The cherub boy? I, I don't know. Yeah, the, the, yeah. So, um, this bigger building you mentioned, 
Uh, does it look like there's any activity? Or it's just totally dark. From here, it looks like it's totally dark. Okay. It looks like a, an, a, an abandoned, larger building uh, here in town, also along the along the shore of this lake that the town is built around. Uh, I think Dorothy would call out to this woman and who's singing and say, "Like, excuse me, um, are you, um, Casilda?" Yeah. So um, she flitters a bit and then begins to kind of, like a, it's like a ballet sort of thing she's doing. Like kind of rise and fall and rise and fall and kind of wanders over towards the three of you uh, and glances. Um, she's wearing a, um, a very tasteful half mask, like just covers her eyes kind of mask, like more like a masquerade mask. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, more like it's, it's, it's got beautiful decorations around the eyes, you know, and it kind of, straps around her head her hair flows back blonde hair this girl has and she's also wearing like a little looks like a tiara is what it looks like uh kind of a little, little kind of queenly crown and she bows politely to the three of you she says well, welcome to to the masquerade the mask ball i see you've all worn your costumes she says wonderful wonderful she says if you would like i um i'll show you to the rest of the guests sure i take off my mask Okay, so you, so Willow, you kind of tug the gas mask off. It's one of those things, of course, doesn't come off. That is, for safety reasons, doesn't just slip off. You pull it off. All right. And what do you want to do, Willow? She, like, I expect something to happen. Does anything happen? All right. Do you want to wait or just keep walking? Mm, keep walking. Like, I'll keep it, like, okay. I'll, hmm. now I got to hold it. Maybe put it on my belt. And keep walking, because I still want to hold my rifle. Not that it's doing me any good. All right. So give me an alertness roll, Willow. Nope. 57 over 34. Okay. As you do this, and we kind of walk, Fred kind of, like, he whispers. He's, he, almost as if if he talks too loud, he's going to disturb this place, even though it's ruined. He he just kind of leans and says, Cherub, um... Said that we need the mask so not as to anger that fucking flying thing. You sure you're just good walking in there without wearing anything? She also said something about being masked. I guess I want to see why. All right. All right. So, um, Fred, roll your alertness. Okay. Oh, success. Okay. 39 under 50. So, Fred, when you glance over to where that, uh, this large sentinel was, it is no longer there. And you kind of glance about it a bit with your mask. Um, you catch a, gl- a quick motion of it flying in the sky. You see it moving about above you somewhere, circling. As soon as he kind of sees that it, it's not even there anymore, he says, Yep, put that thing back on. It moved. It, it's- I do. I trust Fred. So, Willow, you put that back. You tug it back on, secure it again, get it going. And you hear, once again, the sound of your own breath echoing throughout the mask uh, and things settle down a bit and you follow this woman who's in these you know this lovely dress and the lovely ball, part, ball gown as she leads you through these old swampy trees unless old kind of mildew soggy uh, marshy reedy sort of surface that is now out the water around these buildings and uh, you hear some commotion up ahead two individuals running one chasing the other all right, and they kind of run across your field of vision. Uh, they both look like teenage boys. 
Uh, they're both wearing masks and they have these costumes on as well. Um, they're both holding these large daggers, essentially. One's chasing the other. And when they run it kind of across your field of vision, one's laughing, the other one is crying. As they, they, and they run over to another building over here on the right side. And you hear this, stop it, stop it. You know, oh, it's some screams of terror. All right, uh, and some commotion from this building over to the side. I think I just want to follow this woman for now. Right. So you do. You follow her. She moves forward. At some point, you get, you as you walk along um, from behind the building, one of the two boys emerges uh, with kind of like, like a blood splattered princely clothing and a bloody knife, and his mask, his princely mask on his face. All right, and he watches the four of you pass along silently. Fred, seeing this is going to go to the other building, kind of stunned, wishing that, that he's not going to find a dead kid in there. So if you, do you walk towards where this fellow came from? Yeah. Okay. And, and as, you're, as you're leaving, Fred, Dorothy will, would say, like, Fred, remember, it's, it's, it's all an act. It's all play. What? Don't believe anything you see. She's kind of whispering that to him. Those screams were pretty fucking performant. Convincing to me. Just keep it in mind. So, Fred, you go check. He's, he's like, he did a couple of steps on the way, and then he kind of stops. I'm going to roll sand to see. Uh, go for if, it. Yeah. If he succeeds, he's going to go check. If he fails, he's going to follow along. While Fred's doing that, I just want to... Like, I'd be kind of torn in between following Dorothy and doing that, but just drop to one knee and I'll point my rifle at the bloody prince while Fred's going to check. So, Fred, do you go? No. Okay, Fred, Fred thinks better of it. His, his, his hands just kind of drop to his side and he, he looks completely powerless. His shotgun is, is slung to, like, his, his shoulder, but uh, he... Yeah, this feels like a nightmare right now. I would just ask, you want me to shoot? Uh, yeah. Pull the trigger. Give me a firearms roll. What are you shooting at? This is the, the, the bloody boy. prince, yeah. I believe. Oh, okay. With a knife. 38 success. 162. We don't need to roll for damage at this point. It's it's your close enough range with a shotgun. It's No, I'm shooting my rifle. Like Oh, your rifle. Okay. So it's not... It makes almost no noise. I think the blackout is just going to be that, that piff yep. sound of the silencer going... Uh, it's what is it? D twelve plus two. What do we do for that one? It's two. It's fifteen lethality. Yeah. All right. Damn. All right. Big holes. I don't think we need to roll for this. This is essentially at that range with the secretary. You the piff goes. It impacts. You see him fly back for a second and collapse to the ground. All right. And there's a some splatter from the ground and the mud and the muck that bounces up as his body hits the ground. You don't see him get back up or move. It just it lay, lays there in the mud. Cock the lever and put it back on my shoulder. Say at least they die. You sure? Dorothy pulls her gun out. Dorothy, roll sanity for me. Okay. If you say, are you sure, I give you a fucked up look like, I hope, we better hope they do. That is a 55 over 53. All right. This is violence. A D6. Okay. It's two points for violence. It's a crit fail, so oh, it's, it'd be six. Oh shit, that's a D. That's six. You, Fifty-five. You want to project this? Any of this? Yeah, I'll I'll project. Um, project onto 
Um, good old Daddy Dearest. Good call. He deserves it. Mm-hmm. Uh, four. Okay. Mark off four willpower, and it's going to be two sanity loss, and also four from your bond with your father. Works for me. Mm-hmm. It was 15, so... Right. I'm not going to consider this an innocent, given what we know about the situation, so uh, the two of you will succeed your sanity roll, both Fred and Willow. So it's no sanity loss for taking this guy out. But Dorothy, it's a little difficult for Dorothy. How, how many chicks do you have, Dorothy, at this point? Two on violence, oh God. one on helplessness. Uh, so as, as you move on following our, our good queen and her queenly vesper, vespers and her queenly diadem leading you uh, down away from this area, um, as she closer and closer to the lake, the path goes. And it opens up to uh, what looks like perhaps another little park area. Um, and you see the remains of these fences that are waterlogged and covered with debris and gunk and green, slimy, whatever. It's formed around these fences and all the water has receded. And so he's, we have these green, slimy fences and this kind of old archway leading into this area of mud, sinking area. Down towards the edge of the lake, you make out the old remains of what looks like kind of an old Greek-style amphitheater situated here on the edge of the lake and it's it has been submerged clearly submerged for quite some time and you can see the whole area all the seating area is covered in this muck and mud and gunk you know all the way up in this kind of half circle amphitheater structure at the bottom of the area it's all it's still waterlogged and it's right up against the shore of the lake kind of where the stage would be essentially on this amphitheater what you see down there is some sort of a structure. Uh, it looks like a bunch of um, stones or statuaries or archways have been placed in a very crude-looking arch. Um, and here, as as almost at the shore of the lake, what you see is the the mists from the lake itself, like the fog that hovers over the lake. It's kind of gathered and billowed out, and it's kind of moved up and into this archway. So there's these, uh, this cloudy fog coming from the lake area up into the arches and kind of hiding much of the stage area in this mist, like a fog machine you would see in any kind of a professional performance, except this is the mist in the fog from the lake itself, shrouding this area. There's no one on the stage that you can see, just the archway and the clouds that have formed in the arch. What do you do? Is this woman still leading us? She's there. Um, yeah, she, essentially she is. And she's standing kind of at the edge of the amphitheater. And she's just standing still now? She is. Mm-hmm. Dorothy will ask her, um, where is everybody? She says, oh, they're, they're at the party. This way. And she points towards the archway. If we go to the party... Will we ever be able to leave? Roll your human for me, Dorothy. Uh, 43 under 54. There you go. All right. This girl looks at you, as, uh, and you can tell this is a teenager, uh, a blonde teenager. And as you go through your Rolodex of, of possible actors... Samantha this Beetle. This is Samantha. This is Samantha Beetle. Yeah. She, and she's a half-mask. You can see, you recognize the hair, the statue, you know. And Samantha smiles up at you from behind her mask and beneath her costume. And then she shakes her head slowly back and forth and says, Why would you ever want to leave? 
I don't think Dorothy has an answer that she's going to say that would mean anything to this person. She'll look around in the woods and see if she can see anybody else in the, in, behind the trees and stuff. You see, there is someone else behind the woods. Someone, there's someone's crying back there. And it's, it's a female voice that is crying somewhere in the woods. I see her or I just hear her? You hear her more than you see her, but there is some motion. And uh, she's kind of wandering out around, not far from the, the amphitheater, but out in the trees in the distance. Yeah, and she's she's crying. Yeah, she's she's very upset. Dorothy's going to walk up to Willow and Fred, I guess, like if you guys are together. And she'll say, um, if we have any chance of getting out of here, that ends if we go through there. I think we need to start clearing house right now. Can we, um, can, can we tear that arch down? I don't know, but the people who are behind that arch are already gone. We need to deal with what's out here and then leave immediately. Okay. I would shoot the princess, like, easy peasy. No, the queen. The queen, yeah. Willow, give me a firearms roll as you, you take take the queen out. 53 under 62. So we'll just roll lethality for me. F- 15 or less is an instant kill. Three. Oh, God. Okay, yeah, that's what we're talking about. All right. Uh, Willow, you just flat out execute this, this girl right in front of Dorothy. Uh, Willow, it costs you one sand to do so. Because it's a child? Fred, you also, Fred also loses one sand as well. Oof. And Dorothy, roll your sandy for me. And... I will, uh, but also Dorothy was closing her eyes because she basically just said to do this. Like she, well, Dorothy, you're you're going to hear the poof sound of yeah. that rifle. You'll oh, hear yeah, the for body sure. fall, and when you open your eyes, uh, yep, uh, twenty six uh, under fifty one. All right, it's a success, which gives you one sand loss like the others, but that's one for violence. And poor Dorothy, I'm gonna you'll have the option afterwards if you want to become adapted to the violence you've. God, you've been through it. I got I got three checks now. Yeah. Yep. So Samantha falls. The mask remains on her face as she collapses like a rag doll or like a marionette with the strings cut to the ground. The beautiful light blue robin's egg color dress stained with blood in the center that kind of kind of ekes out in a nice you know, circle shape. But she, she dies quick. She dies almost immediately from Willow's shot. And Willow, just you just move the handle, you know, handle chamber another round in, and Willow is back. Dorothy is looking kind of stone-faced. She's, her eyes are closed. Her fists are clenched as she's standing there, I think, you know, facing Fred and Willow, uh, facing away from Samantha. And trying with all her might to just focus on getting out of here focus on the feeling of of the wheels of the van driving back home you know the the feeling of getting back into texas and seeing morrison again and seeing her students again and all of these things she's trying to kind of hold on to that so we have a tight shot on dorothy and we were watching as she is having a really hard time holding it together and and off camera off screen both Fred and Willow are doing what they have to do 
And from, from time to time, Dorothy, you flinch as you hear a gunshot. Uh, it, you, know, you, don't, you don't see it, but you, you just hearing the, the sound, it's like a trauma. Yeah, she knows exactly what's going on. She, she told them to do it. She, she knows what they're doing. So I want to fade out on this. Masks still on, I assume. Probably until we get to safety. Right. Um, work you working your way along this this muddy, stony path that was once submerged be- be- uh, between these large swamp trees. Working your way back towards the road, and as you approach, you see the lights of your van. You can see the lights ahead of you. You're walking towards the light, basically. As you get closer and closer and closer, Dorothy you see that there's someone standing in front of the headlights of your van. Uh, it looks like someone uh, adult-sized, like a man. He's standing there in front of the van. He's silhouetted by the lights of your van. You can make out, um, it's hard to make out much of his features. He's wearing a, a dark gray oversized jacket, not unlike the ones you guys carry in the back of your van. In fact, dreadfully similar to what you've been given. He has a gas mask, but not on his face. Um, he's got it on his belt. Um, he has a shotgun, not pointed at you, but perched over one shoulder. And the, the other hand that's not holding the shotgun is raised up into the air like a, like a, high, like a high five, like a, a wave. Mm-hmm. He's an African-American man uh, with very short, cropped, neat hair, military style. And he waves at you, Dorothy, and the others, and then motions with his hand like, come closer. And she'll uh, kind of, well, actually, yeah, she'll just say it out loud. She'll, she'll say, you green? He's, yeah, how'd you know? Fred here told me. Well, that's my bad. Um, is it done? It's done. Um, j- just stay there. Sure. He, um, he, he takes a shotgun he's, and he sets it on the hood of your van. Like, just sets it down in the van. Digs in the coat, pulls out this, like, dinosaur for us. It's a big, honking-looking sat phone. The old kind of plastic sat phone, right, That from, from the early 90s. Um, and he walks over to you, Dorothy, with a phone in front of him, outstretched, and offers it to you. Okay, she will take the phone. She says, um, should I call Morrison? Or He nods. Okay. She'll punch in the number. Is, is, um, no, no, no. Um, it, it's 616. Um, is it like speed dial or something? He just nods a bit. Okay. I guess she'll dial 616. Right, he, he steps back a little bit. Um, you hear the unusual sound of these. these it, it's, it's not a... It doesn't sound like a normal phone. It's got this strange hissing, connecting sound, network, uh, satellites bouncing around it's a little delay to it static finally there's a ring and you hear it ring a few times 
and it picks up. And it's it's not the clearest call. There's a, there's a distortion to it, but you do hear a familiar voice. Uh, is this Dorothy? Yes. Oh Christ, uh, Dorothy! I'm I'm happy I'm happy to hear that. Are things okay? Yes. All right. Well, these um these gentlemen here um they mean you no harm as long as everything is okay. So can you tell me, Dorothy, what happened? Uh, everything's been dealt with. Um, how much detail do you want? Just enough to make us happy. Yeah, well, we tracked down everybody that we were able to learn about in town and out of town. We found the place that we mentioned and cleared it out. Right, and um, all the vectors, they've been contained? Yes. How's your team, Dorothy? She looks back at them. You see them standing behind you. They're both still wearing their gas masks. Fred holding mm-hmm. his shotgun, Willow with her, with her rifle. Um, an ominous look as they're both illuminated from the front, from the, the partial of the headlights. They, they look like sentinels in the darkness. You see Fred's eyes are red, and he's, he's, they're, they're full of water. Yeah. I think very flatly, she says, they'll live. And, um, what's the level of exposure for your team, Dorothy? We encountered pages, which I think belonged to one of the things, uh, and burned them. Um, we encountered, I believe, two other items, two or three other items that were on the list, and destroyed those. Is everyone acting Okay. And very sincerely, I think, she says, yeah, everything does seem to be pretty good. Anything that I should be worried about? I don't, I don't think so, but I, I think it probably wouldn't hurt to keep an eye on us for a while. I understand. That's, um, that's kind of what I was going to propose anyway. Um, in a situation like this, you can never be too careful. I'd like it perhaps the three of you could uh, have a, a little vacation, a little mandated vacation, if y'all don't mind. Yes, sir. We got a boat. I'm sure you're familiar. Are, are you talking about uh, George's boat? No, something a little bigger. Um, anyhow, these, these fine gentlemen here that work for me are going to trans, they're going to escort you over to a little boat we've got prepared. I'd like the three of you to take a little time just to unwind and until we make sure everything is fine and, and then we all can return safely to Houston by boat. That's the plan. Are we all on the same page? Understood. All right, um... These fellows are going to take care of that van. I don't need you all to worry about that. If you didn't dispose of anything, toss it in. We'll make sure that it okay. uh, nobody finds anything that you got in there. Uh, other than that, uh, I need to know right now. We got any loose ends I need to worry about. Um, She thinks for a second and kind of goes over everything in her head. I don't believe so. Not that I can think of. Well, you know, if you need something or something comes up, you keep this phone right here, this satellite phone. I'll make sure you can contact me out there on the water. If something comes up, okay. you need some, whatever it is you need, I'm going I'm to make myself available here. Since this thing, it work all over the globe, they tell me. 
uh, modern technology, ain't it, ain't it something? <laughs> That's convenient. And listen, you did a good job there, Dorothy. call this thing modern. Absolutely, this state of the art. Yeah, that, that, tell me, this satellite phone, I, I could find you anywhere with this here phone. <laughs> okay, anything else you need for me? Um, I just need you to uh, tell me you're okay. I'm okay, Jacob. Uh, I'm good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that, Dorothy. Um, the other two, they're gonna make it. Yes. All right. These, these fine boys, they're 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 dedicated, but they ain't they ain't heartless killers either. I don't want you to worry about them. They they professionals, right? As long as everything's good, you all gonna be the best of friends. Okay. All right. You you take care there, Dorothy. Um, I'm glad you made it out all right. You too. And Morrison? Yeah. We'll see you soon. Alright. That we will. Now, how you turn this thing off, eh? Uh, he hangs up. <laughs> <laughs> they tell me all your stories. All the little worries you cry. They tell me what the world needs. What to say. Where my loyalty should lie Oh